So this week, I've got a little something special for you. Um, it is a coffee from India that we've not had for quite a while. But also, I was there just a few months ago. So I recorded an amazing video. And I'll be back with you after that to do the tasting. Okay, so I'm here on Balmadi Estate. And I'm joined by... Una, I'm going to let you do your full name because I haven't been able to do it once. So, how do we pronounce your full name? Um, yeah, that's why it's even it to me. <laughs> um, we're here on Balmadi, which is a. Uh, um, whereabouts in India are we? Uh, we are in the south of India, in the Nilgiris. It's called the Blue Mountains of uh, India. And uh, it takes its name from uh, some shrubs and. Uh, also the Kurinji flower, so that gives it in the Blue Mountains. And um, is this a typical area for, for growing coffee in? Is this, a, I mean, is it traditionally been a coffee area? Yes, it has been for about uh, more, than, uh, more than a century. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about how you came to be managing and looking after this beautiful uh, estate here. Um, so, I, I mean, it's from your husband's family originally, is that correct? Oh, yes, right. Yeah. Um, around 2002, I started managing this uh, coffee estate. And it is a family property. And it was not uh, if, uh, efficiently or effectively cultivated for about 10 years. So it made it um, organic by default. So that helped me make the transition from a conventional uh, uh, coffee estate or from a conventional farm to a organic farm. So I was uh, uh, so I got into the process of certification very early. Mm. So I was certified organic uh, demeter uh, quite early, and that has been an advantage for me. But it also means that we've been practicing all these methods. It's just not by name. We've been uh, practicing all the uh, organic uh, cultivation practices. You kind of come, come on to what was going to be my next question a little bit is that you took over managing the farm and then you decided that you were going to be biodynamic certified, which is like organics, but a little bit extra. Why? What made you come to that decision? I mean, did you do research of other ways of managing the farm and decided that was the best or what, was it a personal thing? I attended um, a course on uh, biodynamics in Kodakana conducted by Peter uh, from uh, New Zealand and Rachel and, in our, and their whole team. So I found that, that it would be more economical because the inputs are very minimal, just 25 grams per acre. It's like homeopathic uh, doses. So to ma manage a fairly uh, medium-sized, uh, I would say a medium-sized estate, it is easier when the inputs are smaller because uh, uh, to put in tons of compost or tons of uh, any other input would uh, be economically unviable given the present, uh, the scenario at that time. So I decided to go in for uh, biodynamics and it has worked for me. Uh, it is seen in the cup and uh, People appreciate the coffee for its quality and uh, we have won some awards so that is also another uh, 
feather in our cap and also a tribute to the coffee. And, and do you think it's because of those minimal inputs, minimal chemicals, minimal things from the outside coming in that the cup is so good? Or do you think that's a, a, something that's always been here? Balmadi has always been known for its uh, coffee, the size of the bean and its flavour. So we do have good plant material uh, that, uh, that is essential. And also the inputs that we have put in are very minimal. I would say it is like a starter, we, uh, you know, like you start, uh, you, you make a yogurt with a small uh, uh, bit of old uh, yogurt or you make um, bread with yeast. So instead of giving overdoses or, uh, you know, inundating the farm with plenty of uh, chemicals and uh, uh, other inputs, I think this, uh, this in a way kind of teases the uh, plants to absorb uh, what it needs, the nutrition that it needs from the soil, from the atmosphere. And uh, the plants may yield uh, not very uh, high, big quantities, but they, uh, it should yield efficient uh, quantities to keep it, you know, going for several years and also uh, maintain the quality. That's what is important. You keep uh, maintaining the quality and you have an uh, average yield for several years. For somebody that doesn't know so much about biodynamic farming, like me and like the people watching, what what does it mean you have to do differently? What what are the major things that you would do as opposed to conventional farming? Um, it would be good to read about it or to attend a course or to spend time with a farmer who's already doing biodynamics. Mm. Then you get an idea of what you need to do. And uh, you could, you know, go step by step and apply it to your uh, to your farm uh, to put in the BD preps and to make the CPP to make. So BD preps are biodynamic preparations that need to be spread on the farm. Yes. And uh, then the CBD is uh, from the cow. From cow the cow. Farm. So that's yeah. the manure and mm. the preparation there. Yeah. So these uh, preps are made from flowers. You have uh, yarrow chamomile, dandelion, and we have the oak bark, stinging nettle. They are prepared in such a manner, they are digested, and they have all the elements that are needed for the plants. Then we uh, add it to our CPP, to the compost. So it gets inoculated with all the essential elements. The CPP is cow fat pit, which is the dung of the cow, of the lactating cow, preferably. and. Uh, we put it into pits and add about one gram each of these uh, BD preps, 502 to 507. It's also used in the compost. So when we prepare the compost, we put in one gram each into a large, you know, maybe 10, 15 feet compost, just one gram each. So it is like a starter and that, uh, uh, as, as the compost digests, uh, this also gets absorbed and becomes part of the compost and that energy is transferred to the whole compost and then when we apply it to the plants the plants also take it as they need it so the farm here is is around about uh, 250 hectares is that right about 140 about 140, 140 hectares yeah, and then you've got all not just producing coffee so tell us about some of the other things you grow on the farm not necessarily commercially but like you know because you want to grow these things yeah. So as um, all Indian coffee is grown under shade, we also have a lot of shade trees. 
uh, the two the two tier the two levels of shade the lower level uh, uh, is about uh, 5 to 10 feet and the upper level goes about 30 40 feet or even above that so we try to choose plants which will uh, uh, you know give us uh, a good yield of uh, for the which is beneficial for people living on the farm like we have orange citrus then uh, grapefruit and uh, we also have uh, other you know like a cinnamon that we harvest the bark mostly this is used locally and um, it's also some fun for the people and otherwise they're always just dealing with coffee <laughs> so it's some diversion for us the other minor crops that we have are uh, cardamom and uh, tea cinnamon and stevia uh, we have some avocado as well so um, this is the of course the trees are uh, very varied and uh, this would be uh, this would give you an idea of what we grow. I'm going to show you some pictures on the screen now of just some of the some of the the shade that's on this farm and I've visited many many farms with shade but never with quite as much shade as here which is is fantastic to see but how does that affect uh productivity because obviously we know that the plant needs sunlight um I mean do other farms in the region have less shade than you but perhaps not such a tasty cup or uh, everybody uh, all coffee farmers do maintain shade yeah. there is a practice that if you want to you need a good crop that year you lift the shade that is you cut the shade then you get in more sunlight and then you get a good deal and uh, you know but uh, we, we try not to do that we are more uh, uh, more prudent I would say in uh, managing the shade uh, the shade is very essential as it uh, acts as a barrier for uh, rain you know the otherwise the rain would fall very heavy on the soil and we would lose our topsoil yeah now talk, talk to me a little bit about those monsoon rains because when they come they're ferocious aren't they they're they're, they're they're really strong it's this year i mean uh, till last year we did have heavy rains but it didn't do much damage but this year we had uh, heavy rains you know about eight inches ten inches twelve inches all in a week so this did cause damage because the drops were also very heavy and uh, we have suffered some landslides but uh, uh, it could have been worse if we didn't have the trees, the shade and the weeds. Yeah. We have a lot of weed cover. So this has prote uh, protected our uh, uh, soil and uh, we have some damage but it has been minimal. Uh, we have learned to get, uh, you know, we, uh, we have understood how to manage it better with this experience. I thought it was really interesting what you were saying about the weeds and the coveries. Those monsoon rains come, but actually you may not get rain for quite a number of months after that. And the weeds and the cover and the canopy just means that a lot of the moisture is retaining there. Yeah. And it's quite distinctively cooler since we've been on the farm than anywhere else I've been since being in India because of that. Yes, moisture yes. and uh, and coverage um you talked about the the cow manure that you use to fertilize the plants but part of biodynamics is allowing kind of like animals roaming to fertilize as well so being amongst the trees give us a little insight into what animals you will find roaming around free on the farm um so we have uh, we have uh, the smaller ones like the jungle fowl uh, the rabbit then uh, 
and quite a lot of them as well, isn't there? It's, uh, I mean, I, I, we were walking around and I saw one of the fells and I've seen one of the deers as well. And, um, uh, yeah, barking deer. Then, the, then we, of course, have the porcupine. Then the little larger ones, we have uh, the leopard and the uh, bear. Uh, yeah, monkeys, of course. Hordes of them. Lots uh, of monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have the regular grey ones. And also the black, the black ones, the lion-tailed macaw. Uh, we have uh, then the bigger animals like the bison, the sambar, which is like the reindeer. Uh, we also have elephants. elephants. And, <laughs> I haven't seen an elephant. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see one. Yeah, now that you said, I said jokingly yesterday. Oh, I can't wait! I want to see an elephant. You were like, no, they're not nice. No, they're quite so, aggressive. I, yeah. I understand. They're better where they are, where they should be. We don't want them here. Yeah. So we have a solar fence which protects us and gives us safety uh, when we work and when we rest at night. But um, we have one portion of the estate which is not covered by a fence. There we want to create a natural fence with stinging metal, with the cane and with such uh, natural barriers which will uh, give passage for the elephants and at the same time give us some protection. And you were saying that even with the fence, something like the reindeer and things like that, they work out how to get over yeah. it anyway and still come in. They jump, they jump more than six feet high. You know, they come at great speed and they jump uh, very high. We didn't expect it, we didn't plan for this. But now we have them inside and uh, uh, it's like a zoo now. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I just think, I think if I was one of the animals outside, I'd want to come and move in here too as well because it's just so beautiful. So... The, the history of the estate is kind of long and, 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 and full of uh, like coffee-related things. Do you see a future that, you know, is, is this the future for the, for the estate now that biodynamic farming and coffee farming is, is its future? Yes, um, we have come now. I've been doing this for more than 15 years. Earlier I had a plan for 10 years. Now I realise that uh, it's an ongoing. There's no, there's no definite plan that you can have. We have challenges, no doubt, but uh, that is part. It is part of every uh, uh, everything that you do. And I think, um, as people uh, want to change from city life, they will seek uh, to come back to the farm to work with the soil, to work with plants, and uh, that will um, that will that will bring a change in their quality of life and also in the energy in the energy of the farm. So now we have regular staff and labour. There may be a time when we may have people who are just coming in as volunteers or uh, you know, every week or every month they may come in and work for a while to go back because they just want to experience farm life. That may, that may be how things will change. Well, I mean, I've only been here 24 hours and I already feel part of it. It's, it's absolutely crazy. The farm is beautiful and... Um, I don't know how I'm going to explain it to everybody back home because you can't show it in photos. There's a definite feeling of calmness about the place um, uh, and almost a, a spirituality to it, which I really wasn't expecting, but um, it, it is, uh, it, it's very, very calm. Um, and that's because I think it's got your fingerprints on the farm. I, I think you have that calmness um, and, and, that, and that spirituality, which is uh, it comes across to everybody who works with you and... Um, everybody who meets you so 
thank you so much for taking your time to do this with us. And on behalf of everybody watching, thank you so much for the coffee. Um, when this comes out, we're going to be selling the coffee and I know people are going to love it. Um, it's so great to see it back at has been after um, eight years without. So we're very excited to welcome it back and hope that this is a, uh, a beautiful long-term thing and uh, we'll be doing these many years to come. So thank you. It's that time of the show again where we have to find Roland and he's daft-backed and he's at the espresso machine, really not his natural habitat. Roland, why are you not at a roaster? Can I get you a drink, sir? No, but you can give me a fact. Did you know that India has a population of 1.2 billion people, which makes it the second most populous country in the world and is expected to be the most populous country in the world by 2028? Where does he find his facts? Okay, so um, thank you, Roland, I think. Um, let's dive into the coffee. So did you like Una? Una's amazing. Like, such a warm and fantastic host. Really looked after me in my time in India. Um, and um, really like her, her thoughts and feelings on biodynamics. Um, so many people, when they talk about biodynamics, it's very spiritual and it's very, you know, like... Um, it's everything to do with their life. And although Unu is a very spiritual lady, it's not necessarily, um, that's the reason she does it. She does it because it works for her land. So um, I thought it was really refreshing and really fun. But, um, oh, Instagram. So your Instagram hashtags in my mug or uh, hashtag has been to win you the prize that money cannot buy because there is no prize. Um, this week it comes from uh, Jamie Beaton or Beaton Jamie, I think is his uh, Twitter handle. Uh, we've known Jamie for a while. He's been a big supporter of what we do here. And uh, I'm tempted to visit Nepal. I'd like to go to Nepal. Your cup inspired me to want to go to Nepal. So thank you, Jamie, for your contribution uh, and your continued support. So let's get into the coffee. So I'm going to warn you that this coffee is a bit weird. It's a bit unusual. It's not your normal kind of coffee. I want you to think of the normal natural kind of flavors of like dried fruit and a little bit boozy, but like such a kick of like armagnac on the, on the finish. It is just like boozy, boozy, boozy. It's big, it's chewy. The mouthfeel is just immense. It feels like I've made like 60 grams of coffee to 300 mils of water. It's so powerful and big and flavoursome. Um, and I think you're going to love it. I know I definitely am. And I'm loving being able to work with Una again after eight years of the coffee not being around. Um, it's really exciting to have it back. And really excited to have a biodynamic coffee uh, back, on, um, back on the list too. Right, so thank you for joining me as always. And do remember, life is too short for bad coffee. that India is the second most populous country in the world with 1.2 billion people. Or is that 2.1 billion people, Steve? 1.2 billion, am I doing the facts or are you? Now, I'll start again. 